10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The Treehouse of Liberty podcast is hosted by Jason Fornwald and comes to you from the bright red corner of the bright blue state of Maryland. Hello once again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I am your host, Jason Fornwald, and thank you so very much for deciding to join me once again. I will beg your forgiveness up front. I don't know how I managed to get through the show two weeks ago, um, but I'm struggling a little bit more today. I got a respiratory infection the first week of December, and the cough is still lingering and gets worse in spurts, and... I felt it important to go ahead and record tonight, but of course that's when the cough is going to kick back up, so pardon me. Um, You may hear some breaks in the recording. Um, I'm going to treat that like pushing the cough button if I had a radio show, uh, so it might get a little herky-jerky here and there, and I apologize for that, but I wanted to get an episode out for you guys and for the therapeutic value that it has for me. Um, so please just bear with me as we go forward from here. Excuse me. Um, it's certainly been an interesting week. We've had the vice president of the United States compare January 6th to 9-11 and to Pearl Harbor. Now, I don't think there's any of us on the right that support or approve of what the people who entered the Capitol building on January 6th did. We tend to be law and order, rule of law, um, law-abiding citizens. And what those people did by entering restricted grounds absolutely was wrong. I believe that they should have been arrested. I believe that they should have a fair trial. And I believe that they should be uh, sentenced appropriately if they're convicted. You know, that being said, there is absolutely no comparison between a bunch of people walking into a building and 9-11. All I have to say is 9-11, and you remember exactly where you were. You remember exactly what emotions you were having. You remember exactly what fears and concerns you had. You remember the questions that you had. You remember where, wondering where it was going to strike next. Where was the next plane going down? What was it going to blow up? And while certainly there were approximately 3,000 families that were affected far more than the rest of us, and God bless them, protect them, and give them peace, we were all affected that day. You know, watching 3,000 of our fellow Americans die watching the guts ripped out of our biggest city. It was a day that none of us will ever forget. And it's difficult, even though we remember the emotions, it's difficult to express exactly what they were. You know, there are just some dates in human history that are different than others. And for good reasons or bad... They're seared into our memory forever. 
And certainly 9-11 was, in my opinion, the most tragic and awful day in American history. And that is no disrespect whatsoever to those who endured the attack on Pearl Harbor. I guess in my mind, I don't want to say Pearl Harbor is less tragic. I don't think that's true. But Pearl Harbor affects me differently for a couple of reasons. One, I wasn't alive. I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, And two, Pearl Harbor was at least a military target. You know, I mean, it was a, a completely uncalled for attack. It was an attack that we weren't ready for by any stretch of the imagination. You know, the United States was trying to avoid involvement in World War II, and Japan said, guess what, we're drafting you guys into it. In no way are the lives of service members any less important um, than those of our civilian brothers and sisters. You know, all of those people, whether civilian on 9-11 or sailor in Pearl Harbor, you know, those, those are American lives that we cherish and that we respect and that we'll always honor. But when you look at the destruction and the loss of life on those two days, on December 7th and September 11th, in no way can either of those events be compared to the events of January 6th. On January 6th, there was one person, one, lost to hostile action. And that was Ashley Babbitt, a protester, unarmed female, shot and killed by a black police officer. White, unarmed female, shot and killed by a black police officer. And the fact that those races aren't reversed are the reason that nobody cares. You know, if Ashley Babbitt was black and the cop was white, you know, we'd know the privilege that she would have. But she doesn't have that as a white American in 2022. Having served as a police officer myself, I, I hate to see any law enforcement officer lost in the line of duty. And we lost four that day. You know, they were natural causes deaths, but they were still line of duty deaths. Strokes, heart attacks. You know, those are still line of duty deaths, even though they weren't caused directly by hostile action. So we have a total of five dead people. Only one by deliberate hostile action. Again, Ashley Babbitt. And we're comparing that to the thousands, the thousands lost on both 9-11 and December 7th. I don't know how the families of anyone that was lost on either of those two dates can stomach even looking at Kamala Harris on TV. You know, just the utter disrespect, the utter hatred of American life, the utter hatred of our military, 
the other hate the utter hatred of people whose biggest sin on 9/11 was going to work I, I mean there's there's no comparison whatsoever and again I don't support or condone the people that walked into the Capitol building not at all as a secure area conducting important official business that day. I don't condone interrupting that. I don't condone going into an area of a government building that is off limits at a given time. But it's like, you know, Japan didn't just fly over Pearl Harbor and take a look around. You know, that's an off limits area, you know, that they could have checked out and flown back home. Uh, the the 9-11 hijackers didn't just fly around New York and Shanksville and the Pentagon and fly back home. Would have been wrong. It's all restricted airspace. Shanksville isn't, but... But to compare the events is just revolting and disgusting. And I can't believe that she would say something like that. And I realize, you know, most top politicians, and she's number two in the country, most top politicians have speechwriters. I'm sure she does too, probably several, who gave her the speech that she read on January 6th. But she has to believe it. If she's going to read that speech and deem it okay to present to the citizens of the United States of America... That is what she believes. People walking into a building are the same as 9-11 and December 7th. Can I just say that she's a freaking psycho? That she is clinically insane if she believes that? And she does? You know, and I understand. Democrats use everything to score political points. I talked about it on the show two weeks ago. That not long after January 6th, there was another Capitol Police officer killed and one injured when a black Nation of Islam member tried to run the gate. Because this person was black, because this person was a member of the Nation of Islam, because this person was in a protected class, Democrats in no way honored the police officer that was killed and the police officer that was injured. You know, Brian Sicknick laid in state because it was white, alleged Trump supporters that led to him having his heart attack. But here we have two Capitol Police officers being hit by a car and one killed. And because of what the driver looks like and what side of the aisle the driver's on, Nancy Pelosi didn't even speak of it. You know, it made me so angry. Not because he didn't deserve it. He did deserve it. But it made me so angry when Brian Sicknick laid his state in the Capitol. Because that was the first time in at least 10 years, at least 10 years, probably more, that Democrats ever supported a cop. Ever. Democrats were the first ones to come out and say, oh, Mike Brown was shot in the back with his hands up. No, he wasn't. He had gunshot residue on his hand. Read the autopsy. 
He was trying to steal Darren Wilson's weapon when he was rightfully shot and killed. Try to steal a cop's weapon. I will support the cops shooting you 100 times out of 100. White, black, brown, yellow, green, I don't care. You try to steal a cop's weapon, you deserve to die. Night, night. See ya. We won't miss you. It was leftist terrorist organizations that took that incident, believing the bullcrap. Oh, he had his hands up and he was shot in the back. And that's the symbol of their movement now. It didn't even happen. It's not even true. But the symbol of their movement is hands up, don't shoot. Which never happened. We've seen NBA players, hands up, don't shoot. Never happened. But when Brian Sicknick died, oh man, now we love our police officers. Now we have to treat them with the utmost respect. Now that we can make the political point that we think Republicans are assholes, we're going to pretend we care about this person. Oh, we lost another Capitol cop. Was it a, uh, was it a, a QAnon member that ran over him? Oh, it wasn't? Oh, Nation of Islam. Oh, shit. Was he black? Okay, don't clean it up. Don't tell anybody, all right? No, I know. Just don't tell anybody. Ladies and gentlemen, that's who modern leftists are. They use the lives of our police officers to make political points. We value the lives of our police officers. We respect the men and women in law enforcement, in the military. All of those people who put their lives on the line to protect you and I. Those people matter to us, and it's not because it's convenient, it's because we respect them, we love them, and we care about what they do. We know that they're on the front line, so we don't have to be. You know, I spent some time in the Army. I never deployed to a combat zone. And every other military member I can find, every other veteran I can find, who did see combat, that's the first thing I say to them. Thank you so very much. You went over there so I didn't have to. (laughs) Front lines. The Supreme Court, correctly, in my opinion, decided today that Biden's mandate that every business with at least 100 employees have to have all of their employees vaccinated or test every week, they decided that that was unconstitutional and they shut that down. But they kept the mandate in place for everyone that treats people who are on Medicare or Medicaid which is basically every hospital and clinic in the country. So here are our medical professionals who, I mean, we've been told we have to listen to the medical professionals who some make the decision to get vaccinated, some make the decision not to. And now we're going to force all of them to do that or lose their jobs. In a newsflash, folks, there were lots of unvaccinated people 
on the front lines against COVID the first time around. Mainly because we didn't have any vaccines at that point. And even when we did, some of them chose not to get the vaccine. You know what? Democrats used to support making your own medical decisions. Remember My Body, My Choice? Boy, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Now, all of a sudden, you know, when it doesn't involve baby murder, your body's not your choice anymore. Even though you're a medical professional and you're the one that we're supposed to listen to. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You absolutely can't make this stuff up. You know, here again, and I call them leftists, I'm sorry for saying Democrats. I believe that Democrats are, you know, old school Democrats were people who wanted the best for our country and just had very different ideas about how to get there. And I'm okay with that. You know, I I wasn't and I won't ever be a Democrat. But if you genuinely love this country and you just disagree with me on how to make it better, okay. You have my love and respect. Leftists are different. And many modern Democrats are leftists. They're the people who hate our police officers. They're the people that don't really care very much for our military. They're the people that think walking into a building is the same as the two most tragic days in American history, modern American history. They're the people who think America's god-awful and racist and hideous and we've never gotten any better. You know, from the time of the Declaration to a constitution that didn't outlaw slavery for many reasons. You know, they don't think we've taken any steps forward since then. They don't think we've improved since segregation came to an end. They think we're still in that same place, founded in racism, so we're always racist. Even our flag sucks. You know, they're the people that hate capitalism. They're the people that hate personal responsibility. You know, I'm sorry. Student loan debt sucks, I'm sure. But you took that loan out. Pay it back. Pay it back. You know, we're, we're taking care of them. We're clearing their debt. We put rent on hold for how long because of COVID? You know... I'm still making my car payment, still paying the mortgage, you know, but we've got to help everybody else. Unless you're a landlord, then you get screwed out of your income. These are the people that think critical race theory is a good thing. You know, teaching white kids that they're awful oppressors and teaching black kids that they can only grow up to be victims. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is the United States of America. Nobody of any race here is a victim. Nobody of any race here is an oppressor. Yes, we've got a lot of dark times in our history, and we do have things that we should be absolutely embarrassed by. Slavery chief among them. There is no excuse. None whatsoever. Owning human beings is disgusting and vile and wrong. 
But it, historically speaking, in a very short period of time, we have been a country, become a country, that offers more opportunity to more different kinds of people than any other country on earth. Any on earth. We twice elected a man who not only identified as black, but whose name was Barack Hussein Obama. Twice we did that. Approximately 13% of Americans are black. Approximately 69% of Americans are white. It was white Americans that elected a black man named Barack Hussein Obama. Spare me your racism. Spare me. We put that man in the most powerful position on the planet twice. You know, I, I almost wish, I almost wish we could reanimate a slave and tell this person, hey, look, you know, I, I know this is what your life was, you know, out in the fields, breaking your back, killing yourself for no pay. You know, you might get fed okay if you're owned by the right person, which sounds insane to even say, owned by the right person. But now, now, people that look like you can be President of the United States. You know? And people that look like Sally Hemings can be Vice President of the United States. Let's ask that person if they think that's progress. Let's ask that person if they think the United States has changed and grown any. Let's ask that person how they feel about the 300,000 mostly white people who died in the Civil War to ensure that people who don't look like them would be free. We don't ever hear about them, do we? We don't care about them. They're lost to leftist history. And it just makes me so angry. I mean, I, I hate to harp on this topic. I truly do. But the idiocy of the people who repeat it drives me clinically insane. I mean, there's nothing that any person in this country is barred from doing anymore. If you're a black parent and you have a daughter, you can tell her with confidence and tell her the truth. And hey, if you bust your ass and do things the right way, you could be president of the United States someday. And you are telling her the truth in the United States in 2022. She can. And it's just, it's so sad. It's so sad that half the country is unwilling to see that. That half the country is unwilling to appreciate that. You know, what makes somebody become a leftist these days? What's the appeal? Their entire position is that 
America is racist and it sucks. That's it. That's their party platform. America's racist and it's garbage. Oh, wow. That's what I support. No, kiss my ass. I want to hear like we did from 45. Hey, America's great. We can make her greater. We can build her up. We can make her stronger. We can give more opportunities to more people. Every single demographic in this country, every single one, except for white males, who only did their best in 50 years, which I'm okay with, you know, since Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, every single demographic did better under Trump than they ever had before in American history. Black, white, Asian, Hispanic, women, youth, the differently abled, everybody did better than they ever had before. In American history, under a Republican president. You want to talk about opportunities? You want to talk about what the black community needs? Apparently, they need to get rid of your stupid asses and put that other guy back in. Operation Legend. That's the one that I think pissed me off the most. Operation Legend. Named for a legend, Talaferro. Black boy shot and killed for the crime of sitting on his porch. You know, Trump instituted that to start to cut down on those deaths in those inner city communities. The ones that butcher each other on a daily basis. The only community in the country where if you're an 18 to 35-year-old black male, it's the only demographic, 18 to 35-year-old black male, Your number one cause of death is an 18 to 35-year-old black male. BLM didn't show up when Legend Talaferro was killed. BLM doesn't show up on a daily basis in Chicago. Democrats don't talk about it. They don't care. They don't care. And you don't think Trump's opportunity zones in those communities made a difference in the fact that they rank higher on the prosperity index than ever before in American freaking history? Open your eyes. And I I will fully admit, I will fully admit that the United States of America isn't there yet. We continue to become a more perfect union. That's some of the most intelligent words ever written. Because we'll never reach perfection. Our goal should be should be to become more perfect. Which we do a pretty damn good job of, I must say. But to say that this is a racist country. To say this is a country that only serves, you know, the most wealthy people. To say this is a country where you don't have any opportunity. Your station is your lot in life. To say this country is broken is the largest steaming pile of crap. I can possibly imagine. I don't understand how you don't love this country if you live here. It is such a freaking privilege. 
It is such a privilege to be born in the United States of America, no matter who you are. Black, white, yellow, green, doesn't matter. Every opportunity that this country affords is available to you. No matter your plumbing, no matter what you look like. That sounds pretty great to me. And I certainly hope that in 2024, we get another round of that guy that uh, that made her a little greater for everyone. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. Again, I have been your host, Jason Fornwalt, and I really do appreciate the honor of your time. I tell you guys all the time that time is the most precious commodity that we have on this earth, and it is by far. And I always appreciate a little bit of yours. Thank you very much for that. You guys know whether you agree with me or disagree, I always love to hear from you. Check us out, the Treehouse of Liberty podcast page on Facebook at Treehouse1776. That is at Treehouse1776 on Twitter or Treehouse of Liberty Media at gmail.com. Drop me a line, especially if you disagree with me. I would love to give you time on the show. I would love for you to air a different opinion. We can have a debate. I can give you your time and not respond. However you would like to do it, I I really would be honored to have you on the show. Um, I tell my best friends that, you know, the people that I admire the most are the ones that will look me in the face and say, Jason, you're being an asshole. And it's true. You know, sometimes I do get a little excited, get a little carried away. I know you guys didn't realize that, of course. Um, But in all seriousness, you know, that is true. You know, I I need people to keep me in check every once in a while. And I need differences of opinion and people who can discuss them respectfully. I don't learn anything from everybody that agrees with me. You know, I enjoy those conversations too. Don't get me wrong. And those friendships. Um, But I like to learn and I learn the most from people who disagree. So if you would kindly contact the show, like I said, I can give you any time that you want. We can do a debate format. We can do it just your time. Um, you can send me something in writing that I can read for you, however you would like to do it. And of course that goes for all of you that agree too. I'm not trying to shut you guys out, but anyway, I think you understand where I'm coming from. Ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you so very much and we'll talk soon.